Welcome to Malcolm Reed's Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now here's your hosts, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. Rochelle, how's it going today? It's going pretty good, Malcolm. How about yourself? Oh, man, it's been a busy week. We have <laughs> we have been really rocking and rolling this week. It started off with a, you know, a full contest weekend doing SEA events on Saturday and Sunday. We did a little private class on Monday, and then I had to do a video this week, too. And that's what we want to talk about first. Uh, you know, I always want to kind of recap how our week went with our, our YouTube videos because that's kind of, you know, uh, one of the main focuses we have for the week is doing a video. This week, I decided I was going to do some shrimp and grits. And this is going to be kind of a barbecue-style shrimp. I kind of took that New Orleans flavor profile where you cook the shrimp in a sauce, but I wanted to get them on the grill, too. And it turned out great. What would you think? It was delicious. I, I normally like a creamy barbecue shrimp and grits or a, cre- a creamy shrimp and grits, but you converted me over to the Worcestershire shrimp and grits. Though, I don't know if you've ever had um, the New Orleans uh, barbecue shrimp, but what it is, it's not a barbecue sauce at all. They use like Worcestershire, butter, lemon a lot juice, of butter. you know, a lot of fresh herbs, garlics, and it kind of makes this. Um, thin sauce that's great for dipping yeah. but when you put the shrimp in it and you cook it the shrimp pick up all the flavors of that sauce i went a little step further in my recipe i seasoned the shrimp with some of my hot barbecue rubs i kind of wanted some spice on them some pepper and then we uh, just grilled them for a few minutes and got them in that sauce and tossed them around on the big green egg and i served them over some cheesy grits these were just you know yellowstone ground grits that i cooked in a little bit of chicken broth and then added some Parmesan cheese and some cream cheese to make them really, really rich. And man, when you plated those up, I promise you it's the best shrimp and grits. I've had a lot of good shrimp and grits. These are fantastic. What do you think made them so much better than your average shrimp and grits? You think it was the grill? Well, the grill aspect, of course, makes them taste better. But I did use like some some of that country pleasing andouille sausage. Yeah. I cut that up, and that's what that andouille sausage has got so much flavor in it. It adds something to the sauce. Um, I put a little bit of rendered bacon fat in there, tossed those sausage around, so you had some of that bacon flavor. And, and you course, topped it with bacon. I had to top it with a little <laughs> more crumbled bacon. And those big Gulf shrimp, man, I bought those at Kroger, but they had uh, 13 to 15 count Gulf shrimp raw. The the uh, you know peel was still on them; they had been deveined. So that makes cleaning them real easy. All I did was peel them off. I left a little bit of the tail on. Uh, I just like to leave that on for presentation. You could take it off. And then the dish was simple. I mean, there's nothing to it. It's just getting it all done at the same time. Yeah. That's what that was the, the challenge to this it's really recipe. Three components. Yeah, because I had to you know I had to do the grits, and I'm trying to do them outside now, so we don't have to do too much going back inside the house and outside the house. So cooking those grits on a little hot eye—that's always a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. The biggest factor we had with this recipe was the wind, and I know you can hear it a little bit in the video. We tried to. I know you did your job, best I, you could to edit yeah, it. Yeah, there was a few spots that it was just really bad. But, you know, we want to do a video every week. We have no control over the elements. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. You know, if I had to change something, I'd, man, if I could position it to where we could get out of the wind a little more and still be able to film, that's something that's, that, I mean, I, this time of year, March, what are you going to do? The wind's blowing. Yeah. 
So, and it was swirling. Yeah, was coming from all directions. It, it would not matter where we were. Yeah, the wind we was going to be blowing. Now, luckily, the egg doesn't really uh, get affected too much by yeah. the wind because, I mean, I barely have it an inch open on the bottom and on the top. It's just drawing, and it's so insulated. But if you are cooking this recipe on another grill, you want to run it about 350, but just make sure, you know, take in the fact that if the wind's going to change how your grill's going to uh, warm up that day because yeah. it can change it. How does the wind affect the grill? Well, if, you know, the air intake's coming in, you got to pull oxygen in for the fire. If your firebox is positioned to where wind's blowing right in it, it's going to, you know, overly put too much oxygen in there. It's going to blow those ashes everywhere. You're going to, your fire's going to get out of control. It's going to be harder to, you know, get the temps in where you want them. Now, it would make it, if you're trying to cook, high, you know, a little bit higher, definitely the wind might help you a little yeah. there, but... <laughs> But uh, just take that into account when you're, you know, positioning your grill. I will say this recipe, like, after we made it and we tried it, you know, I kept going back and eating the shrimp. I couldn't <laughs> stop eating those shrimp. They were so good and they were perfectly cooked. They just kind of, like, popped in your mouth. You know, and this one's a great recipe if you don't want the grits. Just do the shrimp and the sauce. You can serve, serve it over rice. Yeah, you can serve it over rice. Uh, you could just serve it in that iron skillet and, and serve it with some good French bread that's oh, crusty. Yeah. Eat the shrimp and then dip the you know dip the sauce up with the bread. That's New Orleans barbecue yeah. shrimp right there. They bring it to you like that. Uh, Rendezvous in Memphis kind of has a version of barbecued shrimp where they serve something similar. But it's man, I'm telling y'all, y'all got to try the barbecue <laughs> shrimp part. That's the best part of that recipe. So, would you do anything differently? Uh, no, I wouldn't really change. Good. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, it, 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 that's the perfect dish. For yeah. sure. It's a good you know for brunch. If you want a dinner, you know, in the South, we eat grits all the time. So, but that's, that's a great, uh, great little recipe. I thought, I hope that everybody enjoys that one. I had fun cooking it. You know, you talked earlier about what we did on Monday, which we had eight chefs from Toronto come to the house and do kind of like a private class, I guess. And they wanted to learn about Memphis style barbecue and. That's what we tried to give them. Yeah, well, that was the first time we've ever done, like, a class at the house. I mean, we do barbecue classes all the time. But we wanted to open our house up and then kind of kind of let them get a feel of what we do, you know, here at home. This is our home quarters is yeah. what we call it. We do all our videos here, and we're going to start doing some more of these private classes. This one they wanted, they contacted us, and they were wanting um, a feel for what Memphis barbecue was and that style of barbecue. So what and, is Memphis barbecue? Well, you know, to me, Memphis barbecue is dry ribs. Now you do, you can get wet ribs, so I did give them both in the class, and it's pork whole pork shoulders. Um, you know, most people now in restaurants they're cooking pork butts. Um, the butts going to yield more. You know, it's a little easier to get on your pits and stuff. You don't yeah. see a whole lot of the whole pork shoulders anymore. But Memphis is one of those towns where whole pork shoulder is still cooked in a lot of the old school restaurants. And that's our category at Memphis MA is whole pork shoulders. So. That's the one we specialize in. So, that you know, it was easy. I kind of gave them a, um, a little bit about how they do the whole shoulders in restaurants, but it's more about serving the masses. And I really wanted them to see how I break down a whole shoulder and what goes into it, kind of what we do at Memphis MA to make that whole shoulder even more special. And, you know, one of the, their big things was they went out and toured a, a bunch of the barbecue restaurants in Memphis before they came to the house. And they were, you know, ha they had a bunch of questions about what they were eating out because, you know, they didn't you know, they didn't know, like, what were barbecue nachos? And, you know, <laughs> so, you know, what is this about barbecue spaghetti? So we, I showed them all that, too. I, 
you know, I did a barbecue spaghetti recipe, I guess it's a few weeks back. Yeah. So we went ahead and, and showed them how to make that. Well, these were Italian chefs from Canada anyway. And then um, we had to hit them with a sausage and cheese plate. And I cooked that um, same brand, Country Pleasing brand. I'm really was like impressed a, with that Country Pleasing brand sausage. It was really the same one I used for the Andouille. I just yeah. bought their regular smoked sausage. Man, it's got so much flavor. I know. You know? And that's made down there right in yeah. uh, Florence, Mississippi, where you're from. Yeah. I don't know if you can get it online, but hey, you can find it in stores. That's where we got it at Kroger, wasn't it? Yeah. So we hit them with sausage and cheese plate. The one thing I think they really liked was the pork rinds and the white pimento cheese. Yeah. And that was all you. <laughs> tell me, tell, uh, how did you, you get the white pimento cheese recipe? Everybody probably wants to know. Uh, I've always made pimento cheese recipes. It's just something we've always had in the South, and I've always loved it. But when we went to the Jack Daniels, there's a little gas station right up the road from where they do the big Jack Daniels contest, and they serve a white pimento cheese we bought it. Everybody told us to try it, so we bought it. And while we were there, they were selling um, fresh-cooked pork rinds, too. So that morning of the Jack Daniels when we were cooking and turning in, what we were eating for breakfast was fresh pork rinds with some of that white pimento, white hot pimento sauce. cheese with a touch of hot yeah, sauce. Yeah, got to have the hot sauce on it. I like it better than crackers. Yeah. I mean, those pork rinds go great with pimento cheese. You might not know. I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah. No, I, I think it's a great idea. And so I took I bought that recipe and added some jalapenos to it. Spice Kinda, it up. Yeah, I got I'd get some sharp it's really white good. Cheddar. So it's like that Cracker Barrel brand yeah. white sharp cheddar. Some, some kind of mayo. Helmets, blue plate, blue plate, blue plate, blue plate. Blue um, plate mayo blue plate. and some pimento and some jalapeno and it's that it's simple. Pretty much it. A little AP. Yeah, well, you got to have the AP in there to kick it <laughs> up. But served with some fresh cooked pork rinds and you can get those. I ordered them online. I mean, they, I think it's American Skin Company. Uh, you can buy them by the case. And, man, cook them in some peanut oil, about three fifty. Well, you say you buy them by the case, but what are you buying? It's like port, little pork pellets. Yeah. And you can get them in, like, small, medium, or large. They're dehyd- it's this pork skin that's already been dehydrated, cut into little pellets. Little squares, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, that's what you think of. It's kind of like little pork skin jerky. Yeah. And they look, I mean, they call them pork pellets, but it's like little pork jerky. And once you put them in hot oil, they just blow up. And that's what makes it pork rind, pork skin, uh, chicharrone, whatever you want to yeah, call them. Yeah. They're great. And, hey, they're low-carb, too. So if, you, <laughs> if you're one of these low-carb people like I am, <laughs> you can eat those pork skins. And look, and what I like about them is cooked in that peanut oil. You don't have to put any seasoning on them. Man, they're great. Right, They have so much flavor. But you can use barbecue rub on them. You know, our, we, we put the hot rub on them. Yeah. We put AP on them. Uh, they make a salt vinegar seasoning that you can buy. So, you know, the you can flavor them however you want, but you want to do that as soon as they come out of that grease yeah. while they're still hot, so your flavor sticks to them. My that favorite is just the plain. I like it just the plain. It just it has so much great flavor. I guess it's a quality pork skin yeah. that you're buying. We're frying it in peanut oil. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. <laughs> I got to figure out a way to incorporate those into a recipe other than just pimento cheese. <laughs> yeah, we talked about using them for barbecue nachos. They would be great for barbecue nachos. Yeah. Replace the tortilla chips, top them with a little pulled that. pork. But yeah, so the chefs came and we had, you know, we hit them with some banana pudding at the end. Those guys were hurting when they left. We tried to hurt them. <laughs> they stayed. I guess it was we had... six hours, maybe. <laughs> they showed up at eight, left about two. So it was a it was a good day. I mean, a lot of eating. You gave plus up. I had a you know all the whiskey they could drink, so they were <laughs> plenty of bloody mary. That was had the bloody mary bar going that morning, and that's a recipe that. 
I like to mix it up. I mean, I start with just a regular Bloody Mary base, but I got a, I think it's more of a New Orleans style Bloody Mary, what I saw, or Chicago Bloody Mary, I've seen people call it. Got to add some Worcestershire, cracked black pepper. Of course, you got to put some Killer Hogs hot sauce in there. Um, I put a little bit of horseradish in there. Pickle juice. Pickle juice. Olive, olive juice. juice. Serve it with some celery. Serve it with some uh, jalapeno. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I skewered some like peppercini, a little piece of cheese, some more olives, and a pickle. It makes for a fantastic Bloody Mary. I promise you, anybody like those. But then, you put out the sweet tea. I did that. I, I didn't want people to come here to the south from Canada and not get to try good sweet tea. Yeah. We don't cook. We don't have a lot of sweet tea at the house because we we're drink yeah, more water. Yeah, we're low carbon. <laughs> <laughs> water and pork rinds. That's, that's us. But no, what got me was they was drinking the the, the bourbon. Wood, they had some Woodford and sweet tea, and I never would have thought of that. I'm like, well, who's going to drink bourbon and sweet tea? But these guys thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. But we, we tried to hurt them. We did a breakfast casserole. Then we did the sausage sauce cheese, cheese with plate. Pimento with cheese the, yeah. and, and pork rinds. And then, then you got the barbecue spaghetti with the whole pork shoulder. Uh, you did slaw. You did beans. You did broccoli salad. Then we had the ribs on. They all got their own slab of ribs, and they got to follow me seasoning them. We cooked those ribs, and then we had wet ribs and dry ribs because that's the Memphis-style dry ribs. And then you topped them off with the banana, homemade banana pudding. God, that was a lot in six hours. <laughs> and we just got to watch. We didn't, we didn't eat. We just watched. <laughs> but we had fun. That was, you know, and those uh, doing a little class like that here at home, it seemed like it was so smooth. We were comfortable with it because, yeah. you know, we're at home. And those guys, you know, they, they kind of went right in and, and they got a firsthand experience of what it takes to cook some Memphis-style barbecue. I and that's what like, we wanted to do. I feel like we get to do more hospitality when we bring, you know, people into the house instead of, you know, doing a rental location or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Before that, you know, we did those SCA contests. And we had one on Saturday. Had to cook a ribeye. They had a hot wing ancillary. I didn't do that this week. It was so cold outside this weekend that it was kind of miserable. The wind was blowing. Um you know, we ended up on Sunday. There was a triple Where'd contest. You Saturday? Saturday, I finished sixth in that one. So I had, you know, I, David of, Parsons won that one. Yeah, shout out to David Parsons. And then Sunday, but, uh, Sunday we had to cook another doubleheader uh, ribeye contest, SCA down in Bahia, Mississippi. That was uh, my buddy Mark Lambert was putting that on for Operation Barbecue Relief, raising money for disaster uh, supporters and victims all alike. And that was a real good contest. It was three contests in one because the first one was tri-tip. And then you had, you know, two hours later, you were turning in a ribeye. And then another hour and a half later, you had another ribeye you had to turn in. So we got three contests. Um, that whole weekend, there's three shots to make it to the SCA championship. If you won one of them, you also got to go to the World Foods. Or if you got 20 points total so far in the year, you could go ahead and register. Which so is I- what you did. I hit a 10th place in that second ribeye, got another call on Sunday, and it, and it gave me my 20th point to qualify for the World Food. So, hey, I went ahead and signed up. State team's headed <laughs> to Orange Beach in November, and that's going to be a fun contest. Um, you know, we, we're You're competing uh, for 10 grand, right? Yeah, well, 10 grand if you win the state portion, you get to compete for 100 grand. grand. That's crazy. And I know, I hope we could do that. <laughs> but you know, going back to that Sunday event, we cooked those tri tips, 
And tri-tip is something that a lot of people uh, here where we live don't ever see. Yeah. And they, luckily, Snake River Farm uh, donated, generously donated all the meat for that contest. So we had some Snake River Farm. So you had a quality tri-tip. Double R Ranch brand tri-tip. Man, it was marbled up. I was surprised. I mean, most of the time, you know, you get a tri-tip and it's a little bit on the tougher side. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of fat in it. These, we cleaned them up and you could just see the marbling in it. It was almost... Almost like some brisket point, yeah. like choice brisket really? point. Anyway, did you take a picture of it? I didn't get a picture. I, you know, we were working fast because we yeah. had those three steaks. But our plan, mine and Waylon was, we were going to kind of do the reverse sear on these tri tips. We brought our, our drum with us, threw some smoke in it, and had it up rolling about two fifty, and then we put those tri tips. We seasoned them up. I jacarded the heck out of mine. <laughs> I was trying to get it tender. You know, I wanted it yeah. to be melting their mouth like a ribeye tender. <clears throat> so I jacarded it real good, trimmed it up, and it made it, you know, sometimes you get a tri-tip and they they have a real thick end and they tail out down on the narrow yeah. end, the kind of pointy end, I mean, that's the and I wanted it all to be kind of even, same height, so I kind of jacarded it, jacarded it, jacarded it until it was all even, seasoned it up with a little AP, and then I was just treating it like I did a ribeye, I used some of the Mississippi grind on it. Uh, did put a little bit of cash cow, give it a little more beefy flavor, some of that big pop of smoker's cash cow. And then, of course, I hit it with some Keller Hawks Hot just to pepper it up. And they both went on the pit, and they didn't take but about 20 minutes in the smoke. They was, they what was, did you take them to? The well, smoke? you had to take them to medium rare. That was the temperature they were judging us on. So I, we pulled them about 110, 115 right when they hit that. Then we moved them over. We had a PK fired up. I was using some of those new char logs from B&B Charcoal. And man, they had that grill 650 all day long. It ran 620 to 650 for over six hours on those char logs. And we threw that, threw them on the grill grates, those tri tips, and seared them off on both sides real quick. Minute Did and a half, minute cross and a half. Cross hatched them up, put them up on a little raised rack, and put them with some butter on it right until we turned them in. And what temp- did you monitor the temp? Yeah, they were, you know, 125 to 127 is where we wanted them. So that, I mean, that's how it was a great way to cook tri tip. You know, you could have, we could have done it on the PK, just kind of like I did that tomahawk steak, seared it a little bit, moved yeah. it up, or you could have kept you a cool side and kind of reverse seared it on that. But I liked the drum because I got some more smoke into yeah, it. I imagine you got a lot of smoke. The only thing I'll say about that contest was we didn't get to try them. You got one tri tip and you had to turn the whole thing in whole. So you don't know how, you know, you don't know how it tasted. And that was, you know, how big was that tri-tip? Oh, they were a bit two and a half, three pounds. I mean, I didn't, I didn't But once you jacarded it and then cooked it, did it look flat? <laughs> I, it looked flatter, yeah. yeah. Um, OJ, Tennessee Mojo, he's got a picture of one of them on his Instagram feed. Go check him out and you'll see what they look like. He's got a great picture, actually. Yeah, he takes great He pictures. put that Mojo butter on his. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went and got through the leftover his Mojo butter. He had it in a little cast iron skillet. I said, Jay, let me borrow that. So I put it all over mine, too. <laughs> I like the look of it. <laughs> but, so, yeah, that's how we did that. And of course, those SCA steaks, we've been hitting them with the AP grind and, and wearing them out. <laughs> I mean, we <clears throat> that's no secret there. First, we'll, we'll hit AP for about 30 minutes, let it sit, hit it with that Mississippi grind, and, if, and then just for a touch of color, a little bit of KH hot. And it's, man, it's, you just about guarantee the top 10 call. 
If you, if you use. <laughs> Those are bold words. Ralph. Bold words. Bold words. Uh, speaking of but, call, you have to make a clarification. Yeah, and I know I, I got so excited about being episode one last week and talking about how I did up in Nashville that I said I was second. Well, my state team partner, Mr. Tennessee Mojo himself, Jay Durbin, he, he brought it to my attention last week that he was actually second and I was third. So I had to make a little redaction on that statement. And just, you know, I, I, to make it up to him, I told him he could be president of the state team for the one day. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have a good time. Let's, I'm telling you, our state team, you better watch out for us. we got a great group of people doing that. And you can follow us on Instagram. Jay started us a new state team. Instagram thing. We're going to be posting uh, pictures of our steaks, but we want to do some more stuff where you can kind of see what we're doing. We just did it yesterday. Share some recipes, so maybe. Maybe some recipes. Maybe some, maybe some live videos. It's, it's, a, it's a one where we can cut up on and just act like fools. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> maybe serious on how to barbecue right Instagram, but I can act like a fool on the steak team. <laughs> well, do you have any ideas on what you're cooking next week? Looking forward. We got a few days off. Man, Easter this weekend. Yeah. Celebrate your birthday a little bit. Yeah. We're going to go to a, oh, have I, told, have I told you? I've got dinner reservations for you. It's a bourbon tasting down in Oxford on Friday night. That's awesome. We're going to spend the night at the graduate, so that's going to be fun. But yeah, so next weekend, I always try to plan ahead a little bit. And I don't remember the name of this attachment. But I had a guy send me an email, and he wanted to know if I wanted to try out this. It's almost like a Santa Maria attachment for a Weber kettle. And I was fresh back from the MBBQA, and I saw those guys cooking on those Santa Marias out there doing demos. And I was like, you know, I'm never probably going to buy one of those grills. But when I saw the email about the attachment, I said, man, I'd like to try that out. So he sent me one, and I'm going to play with it, and I'm going to see if I could probably do some flank steak, I was thinking about uh, roasting off some peppers, some onions, some veggies, making a fresh salsa, like kind of char-grilled style, you know, and then doing some flank steak taco Tuesdays. That's awesome. And I think it'll be, I hope it'll be good. You know, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to put it together probably Sunday, Monday, see how it works, fire it up, and yeah. then, because this is brand, yeah. this was brand, now of course I've done flank steak tacos, there's nothing to that. But I've never done it on one of these type grills, so I hope it turns into a good video next yeah. week. If not, we, we, we're going to have to back up and punt. I'll, come up, <laughs> I'll, pull, I'll pull something from the list. and Don't hold me to it, but that's my plan right now. I really love the idea of having this attachment. It's not I don't think it was very expensive. It was a little over 100 bucks, but it's an attachment for your Weber kettle that turns it into a Santa Maria, it kind of gives you a whole nother option. We'll talk more about it next week yeah. when I dive into the box and, and let y'all know the brand and kind of, I'll recap how it works and what yeah. I think about it on podcast number three. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Cause I mean, I love attachments for the Weber, you know, Weber kettle is probably one of the most versatile grills out there. I love my PK for steak cooking. It kind of, it packs down easy. You can cook just about anything on it. And it but lasts the, for But the Weber, for 100 bucks, having it at home, not having to load it up and take it everywhere, all the attachments. I mean, I've got a rotisserie for my Weber. They make a pizza oven top for the Weber. There's all kinds of things you can get for a Weber kettle. And it's probably I probably bought more of them in my life than any other grill. <laughs> you know, they'll last a couple years. They're not one of these. Yeah, they're not going to last you. Yeah, they're not a PK as far as durability. But, you know, they're, they're, they're meant to be left out in the weather, get rusty. Yeah. And, 
That's get the first reel I ever bought. Yeah. A, a, a small. Panel. Oh, Weber One Touch. That's a that's a that's a good grill. I mean, you can even turn it into a smoker. They make the mm-hmm. ring, the attachment, the turn. Yeah. Pretty much a WSM at that point. So you can do a lot with that Weber. But yeah, that, we're we're excited about doing that. I'm excited about playing with that Santa Maria attachment next week. I, I'm excited about you making this fresh salsa. I love that idea. You've never done anything like that. So. I'll throw a little tortillas on there, warm them up, yeah. get, some, get some, you know, probably put together a guac, maybe a little pico too. Do it up. Yeah, you're you talking know? my language there. Taco Tuesday. Yeah, killer margarita. I don't know if mm-hmm. I, I've already got that recipe out. We may have to do another margarita recipe. You're just ready for springtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for flip flops and warm weather. By the pool. Yes. Well, more by the grill yeah. out somewhere. But yeah, so that's our plan. We've got a we've, oh, we've got a, another MBN contest coming up. We'll talk right before we end this podcast. Let's talk about MBN a little bit. Atoka, Tennessee is next weekend after Easter, and we haven't cooked an MBN contest in a long time. We've been mainly focused on KCBS, but they started pairing these SCA events, the state cookoffs. With some of these MBNs, and they've lured me back in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love MBN. Don't get me wrong. That's where we started out, cooking Memphis and Main Network. Well, real quick, let's talk but, about the difference. There's KCBS yeah, and MBN. Those are kind of the two big sanctions bodies big in our area. The difference is KCBS is four meats, and it's all blind. you yeah. got chicken, ribs, pork butts, and brisket. Always. And that's uh, the big organization. Yeah, it's the big. It's yeah, the, KCBS yeah. has grown so huge; it's international. It's, yeah. You know, they're doing all these contests everywhere. MBN is kind of our local um, Memphis barbecue, Memphis network. style barbecue network. That's what it is—the Memphis barbecue network. And there's all kinds of events. I mean, they have they have events all over the South, but it's pork focused. Yeah, you do. You can do whole hog. You can do ribs, and you can do uh, butts or shoulders. Um, you know, you don't have to do one of them can get you the grand. That's a big difference. In KCBS, it's your combined total of four. And MBN is the highest score in that in one in particular one category. category. Um, they've switched to a blind format at first, and then they have the on-site final. So there's two rounds in MBN. And it's just a little different. Um, you know, I've got a lot of good buddies in this area, and they're all cooking MBN, so we're excited about going out and doing that. I'm only doing, I'm only doing shoulders and ribs. We're not doing hog. But we are, man, well, and both are going to cook SCA, too, on Saturday. So it'll be a full day. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited, really, about it. Um, it's been so long since I've cooked one. I'm just, uh, I hope uh, hope we make top ten. I don't know if I'm going to make finals or anything, but we'll find out. It, MBNs are a lot of fun, too. There's it's going to be good practice for Memphis and May, yeah. at least, you know. Because yeah. I'm going to do some whole shoulders. We have Memphis and May coming up. I think I counted six weeks away. Six, seven weeks. Yeah. Six weeks is definitely load in. Yeah. Man, this one be here before we know it. And Memphis in May is a whole different animal. Most contests are a, we leave on a Friday, cook a contest, come home Saturday. It's a week. Memphis in May is a week. We'll talk more about it <laughs> as we leave up. We got to psych ourselves up for Memphis in May. But, well, hey, Shell, it's been fun today. I hope uh, podcast number two is listened to. We thank everybody out there for listening last week and. Well, you know, we're having fun with these. This is just me and Shell hanging out talking. As we do a few of them, we're going to bring in some guests and, and let you guys hear from some of our friends. And, we'll get better. Yeah, I don't know. Man, we're doing fine. Hey, no, we, the, we're kind of the whole thing of the whole premise of this podcast is that we're just sitting here talking. Uh, we're at our house. We don't have any fancy equipment for it. We've got a little MacBook that we're recording this with GarageBand on, and we're going to get it uploaded. 
and we hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, send those comments. You know you can get us on Facebook and Twitter. We try to answer everything. It might take me a while, but I will get to them. On the podcast feed, you can leave comments. We read all those. We appreciate them. And if you guys have any questions or ideas, just lay them out there. Who knows? We might grow this where we've got an open phone line. We'll bring you in, take some calls. i got to get me a cricket phone or something for that. <laughs> <laughs> give me a burner phone. We just give out the number right there. And then <laughs> it changes every week. Yeah, every week. It's going to be the phone number next week. <laughs> but no, guys, seriously, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you in episode three. Y'all have a great Easter weekend. See you next time.